Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. I love sharing Torah classes, and thank you for listening to this episode. Feel free to follow and to share with others so they too can enjoy the Torah classes on this podcast. Now, on to the episode. We are holding in the second chapter, Perik Bet of Perkei Avot, in the second Mishnah, Perik Bet. And we're moving on in the, the descent now. Yesterday we spoke about Rebbe, Rebbe Nasi. We spoke about how he, um, how he innovated Torah to a certain degree, re-innovated Torah. Wrote down Torah Shabal Peh, beautiful. So today we're going to move on to his son, Perik Bet. Rabban Gamliel, the son of Rabbi Yudah Nasi. Now, who was this Rabban Gamliel? So, Rebbe actually had multiple sons. He had a son, Gamliel, and he also had a son, Shimon. The Gemara in Mesechet, in Mesechet Ketuvot, Kuf Gimel Amudbet, 103b, 103a to 103b, tells us what happened when Rebbe was dying. He gave instruction at the end of his life as to who should take over certain positions that he filled. A Rebbe was the Nasi, we know that. So at the end of his life, he commanded that the Chachamim should enter his room, and he wanted to give particular instruction as to who should fill the jobs that would now need to be filled. The Gemara explains that he turned to the, his sons who had walked in, and he said to them, these are the words that he said, the Gemara says, Shimon b'ni Chacham, Gamliel b'ni Nasi. Okay, that's in terms of his children. Shimon, my son, is a chacham. He's wise. Gamliel b'ni nasi. Gamliel, my son, which is who we're going to be learning about, shall be the nasi. Remember, the nasi was like the head of the Jewish people. It was like a king, a pseudo-king, because they didn't have kings anymore. So the Gemara explains what exactly was Rebbe saying. What he was saying was, even though Shimon, who's the younger brother, by the way, was wiser than Rabban Gamliel, Nonetheless, Rabbi Gamliel will be the Nasi. That's what the Gemara says. So the Gemara explains why was it really that Gamliel needed to be appointed as Nasi if he was the older brother. Generally, when it comes to Malchut, and Nasi is like Malchut, the older brother naturally takes over as the Nasi. That's generally what would happen. So why is it that there needed to be a specific command that Rabbi Gamliel would take over? So the Gemara explains because the only time you say that there's natural succession to the oldest son is when the oldest son is most qualified in that position. But in this case, Rabbi Shimon was actually the Chacham. He was the wiser of the two. So therefore, there needed to be specific instruction, which Rabbi said, even though Rabbi Gamliel is not the Chacham of the two, he still is going to take over as the Nasi. So the Gemara says, well, why did he take over as the Nasi? If he wasn't the wiser of the two, why did Rabban Gamliel get appointed as the Nasi over the two of them? Says the Gemara, because it's true, he did not take, he wasn't the greatest Chacham of the brothers. Shimon was greater than him. But in terms of Yerat Chet, he was actually superior to Shimon. Fear of sin, he was superior to Shimon, and he filled his father's place in that regard. As the Gemara in Masechet Sota tells us the end of the Masechet, it says, When Rebbe passed away, Batla Navav Yirat Chet. What did Rebbe himself 
personify the midah of humility and the midah of fear of sin. So when Rebbe wanted to appoint a successor to his position as Nasi, he's Sarah ben Gamliel. He's not the Chacham of the two, but he is the Yirat Chet. He has fear of sin more than his brother Shimon, and therefore he is going to take over as my successor. That's the quality I see that's necessary to fill the position of Nasi, even though he's not the Chacham of the two. Obviously, he was a tremendous Torah scholar. But in terms of comparison, he was smaller than Shimon, his brother, than in terms of his Chochmah. But in terms of Yirat Chet, he was greater and he was deserved of the position. What is it, Ariel? Oh, okay. Now let's see what does Rabbi Gamliel, the son of Rabbi, teach us in this Mishnah. So says the Mishnah, Mishnah Bet, yes. Rabbi Shimon somewhere else in the... Yeah, it's discussed. Rabbi Shimon, actually in that storyline, I, I, I skipped over it, but yeah. Rabbi Shimon bar Rabbi is, is, is discussed in the Gemara. Yeah, but he didn't have the position of Nasi. Very interesting. So the Mishnah tells us as follows: Rabban Shimon ben Osh, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi Omer, Rabban Gamliel, excuse me, Rabbi Gamliel ben Osh, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi Omer, Rabban Gamliel, the son of Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, teaches us the following: really two rules, two rules of how to conduct our lives, lifestyle choices. He says like this: Yafet Talmud Torah im derech Eretz. Talmud Torah, you quoted this the other day. Talmud Torah is most beautiful, most ideal, with Derech Eretz. Now, I'm going to go simple shot here. Derech Eretz means work, meaning livelihood. Is that when you learn Torah, but you also work to earn a living, that's the most ideal thing to do. In this context, I'm going to go with that, because that's how most of the Rishonim explain here. When is Talmud Torah the most beautiful? When you work and you learn Torah at the same time. Because the efforts in both of them, together, causes you, literally means to forget sin. But the simple pshat in this Mishnah is that when a person studies Torah, and at the same time he also puts effort into earning a living, he has a job. He earns a living, he makes parnasah, at the same time it will cause him to avoid sin. Why will it cause him to avoid sin? Because he's busy. Exactly, Uriel. Exactly means when a person's busy, tends to not get involved in things that he should not be involved with. If you're just focused on learning, but you don't have parnasa, you might have extra time on your hands, and that's a problem. So in order to make sure that you don't get involved in things that are problematic, don't get involved in issues, such a scenario, learn Torah, also have a job on the side. There's a little bit of a deeper level, which I'm going to explain now, as the Mepharshim explain, is if a person's only learning Torah, the problem is he won't necessarily have a source of income. And if he doesn't have income coming in, he might end up getting involved in certain things that are illegal, prohibited, in order to make money, and that itself will cause problems for him. So in order to avoid that, Make sure you're earning an income while you're learning Torah as well. Now really that's the flip side which the Mishnah now explains. Any Torah that does not have melacha with it, meaning, it's the simple pshat, the Rishonim explain, if a person is learning Torah but he does not have melacha, he doesn't have a work, a source of income as well, so in the end it will become nullified, means his learning will stop, and cause him to sin. Meaning what's going to end up happening is, since he doesn't have some source of income, yeah, he's learning tons of Torah, but he doesn't have income. So what's going to have to happen? He'll have to stop learning. And not only that, he doesn't have any training, he doesn't have any experience, he doesn't have any way to make money, then he'll start, uh, 
I mean, Lo'aleinu, cheating on his taxes, finding the shortcuts, making sure that he can steal money because he needs to make money. So therefore, it seems to be the back, the, the tandem to what we said in the beginning is it's a good idea to have both. It causes you to avoid sin because if you don't, it causes you then to create issues for yourself and actually end up sinning. So there's two ideas here that Rishonim explained. One, it's a good idea to be busy. Being busy means learning Torah, having a job, it's a good thing. But two is specifically, if you don't have a job, then they could have a problem because you don't have a source of income. Which is why the Gemara in Masechet Kiddushin tells us one of the things a father has to teach his son is a profession. One of the responsibilities of a father is why? Because if he doesn't teach him a profession, he'll end up going, like the Gemara says, he'll start to steal from people in ways that are not appropriate. That's a bad idea to just not have a profession of some sort. The English expression is idle hands is the devil's worship. Again? The English expression, idle hands is the devil's worship. There you go. What about all those kids that Shiva all day and all night? Excellent question. So the answer to that would be, perhaps, and I've had these conversations because I'm trying to figure it out myself, although I like this idea, by the way. I'm a big fan of the idea here, is that today people could actually learn Torah and still be supported in a certain way to a certain degree, to today, which is a very unique thing, by the way. I want to point that out. Well, however they figure it out. Kolel, or you could have investments. There's different things people can do, maybe without a degree or without uh, certification, things like that. You do find people that are great businessmen and have, they have no background in school or anything. It's possible. Now, again, I'm not taking that position that's necessarily the greatest approach, but it could be validated. What do you say? Right. So he's saying that they could also get a job as a Rebbe, teach Torah. <clears throat> exactly. Now, I wanted to just point something out over here. If you learn the Pshat and the Mishnah like that, I have a problem with it a little bit. Assuming Derech Eretz here, which is how the Rishonim explain that's how the Rishonim explain this. If Derech Eretz here means Melacha, so why does it switch the terminology? Everybody see that? If you're paying attention. If you've got a Perkevot in front of you. And then it says afterwards, and if you don't have Talmud Torah with Melacha, so what does it sound like? Derech Eretz is... No, it doesn't sound like it's Melacha. What do you mean? They use it one time like this. So it changes. So it sounds like Derech Eretz... Yeah, you, you, you from the start thought it was not Melacha, but if you look at the words of the Mishnah, the implication is Derech Eretz in this context is not Melacha, because otherwise it would have used the same word twice. Clarify. Well, then why not use the same word twice? No, so then use. So then use. So then don't use derech eretz in the first place. Use the word melacha. Okay. Tell me what it is. That's not what it means in that context, actually. So what's the shot? It happens to be it's true. The word derech eretz can mean multiple things in different contexts. We spoke about it on Shavuot, if you remember. But why does it switch the terminology from derech eretz to melacha? Must be derech eretz is not melacha. So I want to tell you an alternative shot now in this Mishnah. Okay? Derech Eretz is not Melacha here. Okay? Now this is not how the Rishonim learn, but I think it could fit nicely in the Mishnah. Yafet Talmud Torahim Derech Eretz. The Rambam tells us in Masechet Kiddushin that the Mishnah tells us there, Right, I think that's the language of the Mishnah. Maybe I'm misquoting it slightly, but the Mishnah there says anybody that has Mikra, Mishnah, and Derech Eretz, he won't sin very quickly. Mm-hmm. What's Mikra? Chumash. 
Mishnah, and Derech Eretz, he won't sin very quickly. So the Rambam comes along and he says, what is Derech Eretz referring to? So probably you would say, which you were thinking from the beginning, Midot Tovot, Midot, good. Says the Rambam, that's not what it means. What it means in that context is, if a person is part of Chabura, Benachat Uve Musar, a person is part of a group of people that is growing and pro- for providing some sort of a benefit to society around him, that is a person who's not going to sin very quickly. Meaning, you can have a person that studies Chumash and Mishnah, but he's not very involved in society. He's not bettering society around him. Says the Rambam, but there is an inherent quality and goodness to somebody. He might not even know so much Chumash. He might not know so much Mishnah, but he has Derech Eretz. And what is that? He's involved in the people around him in a beneficial sort of way. And such a person, as the Rambam explains, is not only benefit to himself, but he's actually a benefit to society around him. He is a pearl for society. So what I want to suggest is like this. Maybe what the Mishnah is telling us is as follows. It's a beautiful thing when you learn Torah and you're also involved in society around you because when you're busy with those two things, you're not only learning Torah, but you're also involved in bettering society. So it's not only that you're not going to sin, but it's going to cause you to be, stay away altogether from sin. The next part of the Mishnah is saying, okay, if you're not on the level that you're involved in society around you, at least make sure you have a job. At least make sure you're busy, you have melacha, because if you don't have that, certainly it's going to cause you to stop learning and end up doing things that are inappropriate. Meaning it's saying basically, the ideal situation, learn Torah better the society around you. That's going to get you in the right direction. If you're not on that level for whatever reason, you're not going in that direction, at least make sure you have a job with your learning so that it keeps you away from certain things. Otherwise, it'll really lead you in the wrong direction. Now, one last point that I want to say, just as a little bit of a drush in the words here, which I think is also a nice idea. The last words here, he says, that Rav Gamliel teaches us is, just this in this statement, any Torah that does not have melacha, sofa b'teila, you could read into that, it means any learning Torah that is not through melacha, what does that mean? If you don't put effort into your learning, you're learning Torah, but what's going on is you're sitting back and you're just uh, spacing out or you're listening, but you're not putting any effort into it, that's going to be b'teila. That's not, that's not Torah that's going to be fulfilled. Torah requires amelut, it requires effort. That's why it's called an esek, oskim b'talmud Torah. What does it mean? Like, like an esek, like a business. No, your head's involved. So another shot you could read in is any Talmud Torah that doesn't, that's without she'eni ma'melacha, that it's not through melacha, it's not through hard work, that's going to be betela, sofa goreret avon, because you're not really working hard towards it. That's not the simple shot in the Mishnah, but it's also an important lesson that we could take from these words. Now one last, yeah. Because Torah, you have to connect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you gotta to, work. And you have to, you have to, right. And you have to connect. So yeah. Yeah. Like you said yesterday, Shinun. Now this last idea, I believe, Rabbi Gamliel is teaching us based on his own life. This last idea, being the son of Rebbe and being the next Nasi, Rabbi Gamliel understood what it meant to be in positions of leadership. And he's teaching us this, what we're about to learn, based on that. Says Rabbi Gamliel, Anybody that works with the tzibur, a leader, the food and beverage department, right? Anyone that works with the tzibur, 
Yehiyu Lashem Shamayim. He should work with the tzibur. He should be involved in the tzibur. Lashem Shamayim for the sake of Hashem, not for his own benefit, because of kavod, because of financial incentive. It should all be because he's doing Hashem's work with the tzibur. And the, the Rabbi Gamil continues, <coughs> because it's these merits of their forefathers that supports them, and their righteousness is what keeps them forever. So the Mepharshim explained, what does that mean? You might think that it's your efforts that's really getting the tzibur in the right direction, your leadership that's channeling success with the tzibur, but that's not the pshat. The pshat is, the Jewish people have tremendous chutavot. We have Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov. We have whoever our fathers are as well. Tremendous chutavot. You know what's making the tzibur successful? It's the chutavot. It's the merit of the ancestors of the tzibur. You as a leader, you're just a pawn in chess. You're just a, you're just a somebody who's channeling. Hashem's using you to channel. So don't think it's your efforts really that's causing the tzibur to be successful because really it's the schutavot of their ancestors that's causing success in the tzibur. So realize that and don't take Why it to... Why does anybody think that whatever he does is that he's going to... I don't know. Ask that to every leader who ever existed. Because that's natural. People think they're the ones who are getting... Somebody once told me the graveyard is full of people who thought that after they die people would miss them. Meaning, a certain degree, everybody thinks, you know, without, without me, no, the world's not going to go on. Yeah, the world's going to go on. And the tzibur is going to continue. Why? Because of the schutavot, because of the schutavot of their ancestors. You're a shliach, you're a messenger of Hashem at this time period, for these 20 years, for these 30 years, whatever it is, in the course yeah. of 6,000 years, to guide people a little bit. But you're not, they're not the man. Recognize it's their schuyot, it's the tzibur's schuyot, the father's schuyot. Vatem. But says the Mishnah, don't get down about that either. Because you, I'm going to give you tremendous sechar, what you're involved with. I'm going to consider, if you do l'shem shamayim, you work with the tzibur, I'm going to consider it as if you did it, and I'm going to give you tremendous sechar because of that. So Rebbe Gamliel is telling us, I grew up in Rebbe's house. I was the nasi myself, and I know what the right perspective is. First off, everything has to be l'shem shamayim as a leader. B, you have to realize... I'm not the one who's pulling the sh- calling the shots, pulling the strings here. It's the schut tzibur. That's why they're being successful. And if you have that mentality, Hashem says, I'll consider it as if it was in your merit, and therefore you're going to get tremendous chuyot in the next world. I wanted to say one last idea that the Mepharshim speak out of here. A beautiful idea. Another way you can look at this line is, this creates a big problem. I'm going to work for the tzibur. When am I going to have time to learn Torah? When am I going to have time to do mitzvot? I'm so busy with them, I don't have... So that's what Rabban Gamliel is saying. Because you're working with the tzibur, there's certain times you're going to have to compromise your own personal avodah perhaps. But I'm going to give you tremendous sechar for that. And I always quote this, you might remember this. In the Sechet Brachot, the Gemara, in the fifth parak tells us, you're not supposed to daven unless you do something significant before tefillah. You've got to get in the right mindset. You can't just jump from business into davening. So one, one option the Gemara tells us is you could learn Torah. Learn a little bit of Torah and then go to... Okay, it gets you serious. Mashkimim. Mashkimim. You've got to learn a little bit, five minutes. One is another... Uh, you could... Uh, what's the word? You can... Um, when you focus on, on it... Uh, 
meditate. You can meditate before davening, focus in on what you're about to do. There's different options, the Gemara says. Tosafot comes along and says, somebody that's involved in Tzorchet Tzibur, he's involved in public affairs, he's allowed to jump right into davening. Because when he's involved in public affairs, it's like he's learning Torah, and therefore it's appropriate that he jumps right into tefillah. So that's what Rabbi Gamil is telling us here also. He's saying, you might say as a leader, yeah, I'm so busy with them, but I'm not, I'm not learning, I'm not... Obviously, you have to do your part, but the point is, Hashem says, I'm going to give you tremendous sechar because you dealt with the public in the appropriate way. And with that, Rabbi Gamil com- completes his thought here. What do you want to say? Uh, I guess that if at the same time, like in the morning, you can, in the morning, if you're busy with the then you could jump in right. But if you're not, then... You should learn to. Of course, of course, right? of course. It's not because you're busy enough to. No, no, no. It's because uh, you're busy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you're busy. Because you're busy. Exactly, then exactly. <laughs> so I think it's beautiful because what comes out is Rabbi Gamil is telling us, as the Nasiador, the leader of the generation, and growing up in the house of a Nasiador, descending back to all the Nasiim he came from, he understood what real Torah leadership meant, and he's telling us that as well. We're going to stop here tomorrow. Mishnah Gimel continues on with a discussion, actually, his words as well. I'm going to stop here, gentlemen.